Hi there, and welcome to the T21 Mom podcast. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's eight years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And of course, as per usual, my friend and co-host, Ron, is joining me today. Hey, Mary, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good. Everything good. working out pretty good on all the all the moving front? It's coming along. Good. Good. Uh, any news? No sicknesses? No illnesses? Ainsley's good? She is good. Fingers crossed that it continues. Okay. Yeah. So today, uh, we're going to get somebody who enlightens us. Yes. And who is that? Ashley Asti. And how is she going to make our lives lighter today? She is going to talk about her involvement with Britney's baskets, very similar to the baskets of love, but it's in the States and how she got involved with that and her friendship with Britney, who is an adult with Down syndrome. And also we're going to talk about her book, which is called Up a love letter to the Down syndrome community. And I absolutely loved that book. It was, it was really awesome. So it's a merry recommendation for the book club. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> so let's go talk to Ashley. Okay, let's go. Today on the T21 Mum podcast, I'm really excited to talk with our next guest, Ashley Asti. I hope I said that correctly. You got it. <laughs> awesome. She is multi-talented from being a prolific author with seven books already under her belt, has her own skin skincare line, and is also on the board of directors of Britney's Baskets of Hope, which we'll talk a little bit about on today's podcast. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you, Mary. I'm very grateful to be here and I just love what you do. Oh, thank you so much. So we're so happy to have you here as well. So can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. I mean, you you just gave it a beautiful biography, so I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I guess in terms of me telling stories, I've, I've been telling stories and loving to write since as far back as I can remember. Mm -hmm. uh, even when I was really little before I could write, I remember like I would sing my own songs and invent my own lyrics and try to tell stories that way. Oh, wow. And so as you mentioned at the beginning, I've, I've pursued different paths in my life, trying to sort of find my direction, find what I love. But the thing that always draws me back or, or brings me back home almost is writing and telling stories. And so I know on your podcast today that we're going to be, you know, it focuses on Down syndrome. Um, and I don't, I don't have a child with Down mm -hmm. syndrome. I don't have a sibling with Down syndrome. But the Down syndrome community, community has blessed me in so many ways and touched me in so many ways. And so I'm grateful that I get to talk about with that with you today. Yes, me too. Because I think it's a really interesting story that we're going to be talking about, like how this book came to be and, and just your involvement with the Down syndrome community. So you know, and then in the intro, we talked about a few different things because, you know, you do a lot of different things and you're so young. Like, I mean, you've got seven books. Like, <laughs> most, most, Many of us, I think, would like to write one book, but, you know, that's fantastic. And I'm sure you probably already have ideas for your next coming book. So um, which is so awesome. But um, there's a few things, obviously, I want to talk to you about today. But first, let's start with Brittany's Baskets of Hope. Can you tell us a bit more about this? 
Yeah, so my friend Brittany Chavone came up with the idea for Brittany's Baskets of Hope about six years ago. Mm-hmm. So Brittany is, um, she's creative and she's sassy and she loves theater and dance and she happens to have Down syndrome. Um, right now she's in her early 30s. So about six years ago, she was working at a clothing boutique. And during one of their breaks, her boss had showed her a YouTube video that had something to do with people helping babies with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So she came home from work that day and she told her parents, I want to give hope to moms and dads of new babies with Down syndrome. And they were like, that's right. They were like, that's wonderful. But sort of like, how do we bring that into fruition? Like, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, But Brittany was very persistent. She was determined. And so she kept bringing it up. Mm -hmm. And she's very lucky that she has a, a strong support system around her. And so they eventually helped her form her own nonprofit organization called Brittany's Baskets of Hope. And the mission is to spread resources and hope and love to families of babies with Down syndrome throughout the U.S. And we do this by um, sending what we call baskets of hope mm-hmm. to families across the country. And so I think you had mentioned at the beginning, I've been very lucky to serve on the board of directors. So that's my involvement with Brittany's Baskets of Hope. So so it started about six years ago. And and I know how, I mean, I know I've, I've read a little bit about it, but how many baskets have you guys delivered? So we sent our first basket in October of 2016, and mm-hmm. since then we've sent 1,100 baskets to wow. families in all states across the country, the U.S. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. 1,100. That's a lot mm-hmm. of baskets. That's a lot of hope that you guys are giving to uh, parents with a new baby with Down syndrome. Because I know we had another guest on early on in the first season, Danielle Gibbons, who does Baskets of Love, and and locally in BC and I remember telling her you know I had a prenatal diagnosis but how much I would have loved to have received a basket like that you know when Ainsley was born or right before she was born because it's it's such a scary time and to know that there's other parents on the journey with you it just it means just so much to parents so 1100 wow that is just fantastic and so how do people learn about Brittany's Baskets of Hope to like to get a basket? Like, is it through word of mouth, a website or nurses? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of it has spread. Brittany's been lucky to get um, some media attention, mm-hmm. which has sort of sparked this whole thing and spread it more. Um, and lots of times it is. It's through word of mouth that people spread it. But we do have a website where you can go and request a basket. Um, which is britneysbasketsofhope.org. And anyone can request a basket for their family or if they know of another family in their community that's expecting a child with Down syndrome, they can nominate someone else. We fill all the requests, so um, it's sent to everyone. And, of course, it's all provided free because we're a nonprofit and just want to keep spreading that hope and love. And Because like you said, I think it's important to normalize the idea that getting this diagnosis can be scary Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it's not delivered in the best way by different Mm -hmm. doctors or even well-intentioned family members don't always know what to say. And so they'll, they'll say, I'm sorry or, Mm -hmm. or something like that. And that's, I think it's okay to have for parents to have that shock or grief or whatever it is they might be feeling, but we want to come in and and remind them that like, this is going to be a beautiful journey, just like it would be with any other child full of ups and downs and everything in between. But um, we want to celebrate every being that arrived oh that's so fantastic and that is so true is because I remember when I was pregnant and you know going through a rough time it's a friend said you're having a baby and that's something to celebrate and Mm -hmm. you know and then later on in my pregnancy I spoke with another mama 
who had a son with Down syndrome and she said congratulations and it seemed so foreign like for someone to say that to me but I realize now how important that is to congratulate parents regardless of the diagnosis about their new love their new life that they've created and I think it's yeah just so fantastic because you know you do need that extra support I think when you've received maybe some unexpected news you know that you're Mm -hmm. just on a slightly different path but you know I think once you get over it you just you realize that it's going to be okay and but it's nice to find people like your tribe Mm -hmm. and that's so wonderful so I know you said you're a non-profit and um did you ever like did you or Brittany ever think that it would get to be this big that you would deliver 1100 baskets no this was not expected at all and when Brittany first came up with the idea she and her family thought she was going to just deliver some baskets locally maybe (laughs) visit the parents in the hospital and and then they started realizing as they looked into that there's too much red tape understandably for privacy issues or the moms are not in the hospital very long so she couldn't go into the hospitals and then she you know sort of media attention came in it just took off into a whole nother direction that we never expected and so for us I think we're just kind of riding the wave and enjoying the journey and the fact that Brittany gets to uh, fulfill all these dreams of hers personally and and Mm -hmm. spread so much hope is just such a blessing so I have to say it's been oddly and it's not entirely true but oddly effortless like we just it's Mm -hmm. as as long as it's flowing to us and the love is flowing then we're just going to keep following that. Oh, that's just so fantastic. And that's just so awesome. And so, like you said, it was a nonprofit. So where can people support you? Like we'll post links, but I know you mentioned the the website, which we'll certainly post a link. But obviously, you guys need to fundraise or I'm not sure how you how you do it because, you know, 1100 baskets that can be expensive. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um if you go to our website again, Brittany'sBasketsOfHope.org, we have a donate link. Okay. We also have a wish list of some items that we love to include in the baskets that you mm-hmm. can shop for if you wanted to. Uh, but we've been very lucky that we've had companies across the country donate onesies or children's books or or different things. We have knitters and crocheters from all across the United States who will take their time and with love hand make baby blankets and hats and and they'll send them to us and pay that shipping to get them to us in New York and so it's just this community has continued to surprise and uh, and just bless us in so many ways and so that's how each basket is a little bit different because it depends where we're getting our stuff from um but yeah of course any nonprofit we can always use support like that of course yes yes that's true and so you know, now to move on from Brittany's Baskets of Hope, which I think is just so fantastic. And it's so awesome that you guys are doing this and that it's gotten so big and, and that you've gotten lots of attention because I think, you know, we just need that, right? To make it seem more normal, I guess, for lack of a better word, but you know, that we're welcoming these babies and it's Mm -hmm. just so wonderful. And I know that parents, I'm sure just so appreciate it. But now I wanted to talk about, you know, you're like, as I mentioned early in the in the intro is that you're a fairly prolific author and you have just your latest book. I just finished reading it and I don't even have a lot of time to read. So it took me a little bit to get through it, but I absolutely loved it. And it's called Up, A Love Letter to the Downstream Community. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I think your story is very interesting. You don't have 
a direct connection to the downstream community. You don't, like you said, you, you don't have a relative or, or you don't have a child with down syndrome and it's kind of come through all through Brittany, but like what made you want to write this book? Yeah, I mean, my, and we'll talk about this, I know a little bit later, my friendship with Brittany was just something that spurred this on, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but because I've, you know, been involved with Brittany's Baskets of Hope for about four years now, I've been blessed to hear so many stories from families across the country who have a child with Down syndrome or to connect with people who have a child with Down, uh, connect with people who have Down syndrome, both in the United States and, and sort of globally. And each one of them in little ways has, has given me glimpses into their journeys mm -hmm. and their stories have touched me and not because they're down syndrome stories, but because they're stories, they're human stories that have um, challenge and struggle and triumph and love. And so I feel like I've grown so much. They've taught me, each of these people has taught me something about human experience and this community has shown me so much love. And so I finally wanted to give something back in my own way by writing what I'm calling this love letter to the Down syndrome community. And so that's really where it came from after all these years of being so filled and nourished by a community that I never expected uh, that I just wanted to send that back, send that love back. Oh, that is just so fantastic. And prior to meeting Brittany, I'm kind of curious, had you ever met anyone else with Down syndrome or know anyone else with Down syndrome? That's a great question. And I was thinking about it and no, uh, which now I think as I, as I get older, I think I wish that we were all exposed to people of all, all sorts of differences, whether it's differing abilities or race or different backgrounds or different parts of the world. I wish I had known that earlier and sooner because I think it makes us, uh, better people, richer, stronger. And so, no, I, when I think that I'm like, wow, it's shocking to me that I, that just wasn't part of my life before I met mm -hmm. Brittany. And I think many people, myself included, it's the same. Like, I, I mean, we had a, a volunteer at where I used to work and I had a few interactions with him and he, you know, but that was pretty much it. I, I didn't, you know, I would see people with Down syndrome in the community, but I didn't really have a lot of interactions with them or know really specifically know anyone. So yeah, I think that's just what makes this so incredible. Like, you know, you doing this book and, and then, so was Brittany part of your inspiration to do the book? Yeah. Her friendship has, like I said, it's, it's changed me and shown me what friendship is in ways that I never expected. Mm -hmm. However, when I, and you know, this book would not exist without Brittany and that, and she's such a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. When I first started thinking I was going to write this book though, I actually wasn't sure I was going to include a chapter in Brittany and Brittany is the final chapter, mm -hmm. the final story that I tell because I'm, you know, I'm the social media director of her nonprofit. And so I'm continually telling her story. I'm always writing it somewhere <laughs> or whatever. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, I could tell the details of her life again, and they're they're important, and she's accomplished like so many amazing mm -hmm. things. But I thought, oh, do I need to tell that story again? But then I realized that the story that I haven't told that needed to be told wasn't her story; it's our story, mm -hmm. and how she. It's really from my perspective. I call that chapter the grateful friend, and mm -hmm. I wanted to show friendship. Um, so yeah, she absolutely inspired it. But I do feature five other people or someone who loves someone with Down syndrome mm -hmm. in it to show as many perspectives as I can. I mean, one little book can only accomplish so much, but I wanted to show different shades of this experience. Oh, yes. And yeah, and the stories are so varied, which I think 
is so fantastic that it really gives a a glimpse into the the Down syndrome world and and those people that are are living it and their their, their families and the people themselves. So it's yeah, it's just so awesome. I really loved the name of your book. So can you talk a little bit about the title? Yeah, would it be okay if I read a very tiny bit from the introduction no. to help answer that question? Okay. Please go right ahead. I'd love that. Um, so this is from the introduction, which I call Dear Reader. Um, and I wrote, when children are brought into the world with an extra chromosome, with Down syndrome, that is, the first words parents often hear are, I'm sorry, as if Down syndrome itself is something to be down about. It's not. I want to say congratulations. I want to say what a beautiful gift you've brought into the world. One more being here for a reason, here with purpose. I want to say, oh, mama or oh, dad, this new little being is going to lift you up. There will be challenges along the way, sure. We all have them. That is a human phenomenon, not a Down syndrome one. But life is precious, wild, unexpected, and precious. And I want you to savor all of it, the whole ride. And so I guess for me, you know, and, and as so many people who are in this community know that one of the phrases we use is we often flip Down syndrome around and call it up syndrome mm -hmm. because Down was actually, that's the name of a doctor. So it's, yeah. it's not meant to mean anything, but I think people think that Down syndrome is something to be down about. And mm -hmm. so that's part of the reason I chose up. The other reason um, is I didn't want any of these stories or any of these people in these stories to be inspirational props. I didn't want them to be like, this journey is only joyful and it's only, you know, positive. And it's, you know, I wanted to share within each of these stories that there are storms and rains, but also rainbows. But I hope mm -hmm. that at the end of each story, regardless of what they've been through or what it shares, that it leaves you feeling a little more up because they're there. I hope there are stories that fill you with love mm -hmm. and, so for me, the, the best way I can put it is that it's a love letter, that it comes from my heart from, again, when I needed, I think, more faith and more community, and I didn't even know I needed that. The Down syndrome community was there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the only way to express that from my heart was to call it a love letter. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, there's stories, like you said, but yes, it's, it's, yes, it's so perfect, I think, for it. And you kind of touched on it, but like, what was your intent in writing or, or sharing these stories? I think I, I wanted to show the people who have Down syndrome as just that, as people and mm -hmm. not a label. And that, I mean, that goes for anyone. We all have labels that can be used for us. But I think particularly with the Down syndrome community, it's often people see them as having Down syndrome mm -hmm. and that's the only thing. And so for example, with Charlie, who's mm -hmm. the first story in the book, Charlie French is uh, a 29-year-old man who's an incredible abstract artist. Mm -hmm. And when I got to speak to him and when I went on to tell his story, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't telling the story of a man with Down syndrome who happens to paint. Right. <laughs> I wanted to engage with him as an artist. I'm a writer, so I'm an artist in my own ways. And so to get to like experience that artist journey with him, to experience that his journey from darkness into light, I wanted to see him as he is. And I think that's such a gift to anyone. I know when I feel seen as who I am, that feels like love. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was my intention to just let each of these people be seen. And again, the thread that ties these stories together is Down syndrome. But at the end of the day, they're human stories that I hope just fill us with something and teach us something. 
Oh, yes. And really, they really resonated with me. I started following everyone on Instagram. So and we'll, we can post links as well to their different Instagram pages as well for people to go in and check out because it, it, it's a lot of fun to follow them and, and just kind of get a little glimpse into their life now after reading their stories, which is so fantastic. And what do you hope people will get out of reading these beautiful stories? I know you touched on it a bit about that people to see people with Down syndrome as as people but was there anything more that you were hoping that people would get out of reading these beautiful love letters yeah I hope people see how connected we all are and so of course we all have differences again like whether it's differing abilities or experiences or backgrounds or where we come from but to show that we are all connected um again that that humanity that I, I think we we read at least i like to read when i because it reminds me i'm less alone I, mm. I read someone else's story and i see a little piece of myself in it even if i thought at the beginning that they are so different than i am and so i think that was part of it to remind us that we're all connected um this is not a book that i intended just for parents who are expecting a baby with down syndrome but i do hope if someone who's expecting a baby with down syndrome or has a new little one with down syndrome that the stories of the people in it uh, do bring them hope and mm -hmm. remind them that so many things are possible just as it is with any child. So we have, I have Grace that I interviewed, Grace Strobel, who's a mm -hmm. model with Down syndrome and just mm -hmm. leading this beautiful life. And uh, not everyone has the same access to the things that she had, but it's just a reminder that like there is so much light ahead. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was another reason. So it was for people like me who didn't grow up knowing someone with Down syndrome. And I wanted to introduce these people as, as people, as friends, as neighbors, as sisters, mm -hmm. as you know, creators. And then also to just spread some hope to someone who might need it on, on a new journey. Yes, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I just loved reading all the stories and and I, I think, you know, it all that all shines through in the writing for sure. And when you were writing these stories, was like I know you said obviously before, you know, growing up that you hadn't really met anyone with Down syndrome. But when you were writing these stories and meeting all these different people with Down syndrome, was there anything that really stood out for you or surprised you or was like an, an aha moment for you? I think each person just like little bits of them just came through that just as human beings, I was like, wow, that is so cool. I always talk about how Grace, who's a model, she talks about what beauty is and she talks about its kindness, its mm -hmm. compassion. I was like, oh, I love that, that she knows that. But one of the things that was an aha moment for me, I think came in Kenny's story. So mm -hmm. Kenny Clutch uh, is a dad. His When his, his son Christian has Down syndrome and when Christian was two years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm -hmm. And so Kenny tells this story of trying to start setting the tone in Christian's hospital room to make it positive, to shift the atmosphere in order to show that positivity is part of his healing and and he mm -hmm. ends up his like social media has gone viral because he started dancing for yeah. his son and and the videos are just so beautiful and fun to watch especially now that the, you know Christian's healthy and and all of that and so you know that was interesting but towards the end of my conversation with him we come back back around to the topic of fatherhood and his role as a father mm -hmm. and he said something interesting that I, I hadn't considered before I mean I'm not a father of course and I haven't lived his experience and he was mentioning how he's seen some people in his community who dads of children with special needs and that there's almost this like unspoken shame or unnamed shame that some of them might feel. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I had never thought about that before that. And I'm not judging any of these men at all. I think it, it made me think, how are we raising boys? How are we raising men? How do we teach them what strength is that mm -hmm. they think that, oh my gosh, if they produce a child with a special need, that maybe that signals weakness in them. And I mm -hmm. think to me, gentleness is strength and forgiveness is strength and love and kindness. All of these things are strength, but maybe we're not doing a good job of teaching our boys and our men that. And I think that was one of the things that Kenny was trying to point out that um, the importance of loving these children unconditionally and not tying mm -hmm. that back to like an ego place that it's no one's fault and there's nothing wrong. And so again, not being a parent at all and, and definitely, you know, not being a, a man and, and growing up with that, I just, it hit me because I'd never considered that before, but it, it made a lot of sense. Yes. And I, yeah, I've been following him on Instagram for a little while. I think when it for he first went viral and and again we'll post a link he's known as the dancing dad and he's got some good moves <laughs> and yeah these his videos are lots of fun to, to watch so yeah and I and, and I mean I enjoyed everyone's story but it was great to read his where I had you know I knew of him beforehand uh before I read the story so yeah it was it was a lovely uh yeah, to hear like also from a dad's perspective as opposed to a mom or, you know, the person themselves. So I thought that was really cool. And um, I love, I like, I love the journey. Like we hear so much from moms. I, like I love hearing from you on Instagram. There's so many moms that are sharing their children's story, mm -hmm. but it's rare or more rare to mm -hmm. have a dad talking about it. And so that's, I wanted to purposely make sure I covered someone as a dad sharing the story so that we can have that perspective yes and I yeah I agree too like you, it is more you know because I mean I, it's called t21 mom but I mean it's for everyone but you know it's also just from mainly my perspective of raising a child with down syndrome as opposed to you know uh I mean Dennis my boyfriend he's a big part of Ainsley's life but he hasn't been there from the beginning you know it's it was me and it it was kind of scary but you know but like Dennis you know he he like you said I love how you said like gentleness and kindness that's all also strength and that that reminded mm -hmm. me of, of Dennis because Aww. of just you know his love for Ainsley you know he he's not she's not biologically his but you know he loves her as if he mm -hmm. she's his own child and and I just you know it just it melts me when I think about it, <laughs> you know, mm. that because most, that, because Down syndrome is scary for a lot of people because they don't understand it or know. And, um, you know, so, but Dennis, he didn't blink. He kind of embraced it and, you know, and he's all in. And, and I think people mm. need to know it's just not so scary. And, and, and I think, you know, in your, your stories in your book, like you said, the, opportunities are endless for our kids you know these people mm. are doing amazing things that are in your book and it's just it's it's I just loved it and I know you touched a little bit on it but how did you decide what kind of stories you wanted to share I've been asked this question a lot and I would <laughs> like to be like oh I had a strategy like I knew what I, you know it was I knew what I was doing but it wasn't, it was more like, I feel like it just aligned that each of these stories came to my awareness in the moment that I needed them to. Mm -hmm. And I would just happen to stumble upon an Instagram post and think, oh my gosh, I want, I, this speaks to me. I want to reach out to that person. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, there wasn't like, I knew I wanted to share a model and, and I, I just loved Grace. And so I reached out to her, but there was, 
Yeah, there was really no plan. I just think it what was meant to be just sort of came. And mm-hmm. as you said, I've written a bunch of books, and I think my, my motto is always just sort of to write and then just sort of let go. And so that was the same thing, like not to hold on to it, not to like, you can't, because you grow through, like as a writer, I grow through each book and I look back at my first one and think, oh my gosh, all the things I didn't know. Or <laughs> it's the same thing with telling anyone's story. You yeah. kind of like, you could keep going and find more and more stories, but it's at some point you just have to like trust that this is right and, and feel it and then just mm-hmm. let go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And, and you know, and I loved all the stories. And like I said, I started following everyone on Instagram. <laughs> and, you know, and I, you and I, we exchanged some emails in the beginning. Uh, and honestly, I can say like, you had me, like, I think it was the second page or the first page with a quote, and it was actually from Oprah. And I loved how you interspersed quotes throughout the book. Mm-hmm. I found them just so poignant and to me so meaningful. Like it just, I go, yeah, that's it. Exactly. But, you know, the quote from Oprah that you put in is at the very beginning was what God intended for you goes far beyond anything you can imagine. And I kind of feel that strongly like about Ainsley because, you know, I, I've said often like, you know, she has made me into the person I was always meant to be. And, Mm. you know, I, you know, I like most parents when they first find out, I was scared, I was terrified, you know, but we've on this amazing journey, like she's taken me on this journey that I truly couldn't have expected when I first got that that diagnosis. And, you know, and I, yeah, I just, I felt, I just felt that that really spoke to me when you wrote that in the book. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, I found it to be quite powerful for me. So, yeah, just and yeah, and you talked about like um, Kenny the dancing dad. I just <laughs> I, I, I love him. He's awesome. And again, your last story in the book, as you talked about, is about your friendship with Brittany. And I I kept wanting to skip to the end because <laughs> I you know, but I you know because I wanted to see what you know what this relationship was like. But you know, I made myself read you know through the book chronologically, and. But I want you to talk a little bit about your friendship with Brittany because you don't hear very often of neurotypical people having, you know, an, a meaningful relationship or friendship with someone who has Down syndrome. Mm. What you had said about Ainsley, and again, I'm not a mother, so I don't, I can't know that sort of love, but uh, sort of that it was divine and she's grown you into the person you were meant to be. I feel mm. like my connection with Brittany has been that in some ways that she has brought me on the adventures of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, But to step back to your question, uh, I I never expected it either, to be honest. And now I'm like sort of ashamed, like how could I not have known that this could, I could have such a filling friendship. One of the ways I like, or one of the stories I like to tell about Brittany that sort of describes our friendship is actually Brittany and I met about six years ago. And around that time, you know, I, I have a skincare line and mm-hmm. I, I was invited to sell my products at a wellness and yoga festival in Vermont. And I'm, my organic, my skincare line is all organic and natural and crunchy. So that was like, it felt like a big break for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember I was excited about this opportunity and I was, I had told a few close friends about it and I had told Brittany. Uh, and so I didn't expect much, but I figured while I was away in, in Vermont for those, you know, six days or so that I would get a few texts from friends just checking up or see how, seeing how it was going. And no one texted me. 
But the one person who texted me every single day was Brittany. Oh, and she didn't just text me. Yeah, she didn't just text me and be like, oh, did you sell a lot? Yeah. <laughs> it was like she wanted to know how I was doing. And then she knew like that I love green smoothies. So she'd be like, did you have a smoothie today? <laughs> and when I would tell her like, yeah, I did. But, you know, with the afternoon and it's been busy and I haven't had lunch yet or whatever. She's like, you better make sure you eat. I want to make sure like. She saw me as who I am so clearly that she knew I would like get wrapped up in work and I wouldn't take time out for myself to make sure I had lunch or to take a break or to enjoy the journey. And every day there, she was there texting me, reminding me of those things. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is friendship, that mm -hmm. she sees me for exactly who I am. And I hope that I, I see her for who she is too. Uh, it's like, you know, she called me the other night at like 9 p.m. and it, it, she FaceTimed me. Mm -hmm. So it was a video. And I, you know, I had like a face mask on and I, <laughs> uh, my hair was a mess and like my, I was wearing like ratty pajamas. And anyone else, I wouldn't have answered. But with Brittany, I answered because she just was so happy to see me and just smiled and doesn't care what I look like, doesn't care what's going on around me. She just wanted to talk. And I just, so it's just a blessing. And, um, you know, I, I t I'm, I'm a little nerdy, so <laughs> I love to read or like with my friends, I like to talk about uh, books or politics or social justice or all those things. And with Brittany, I, we don't do that. But instead, mm -hmm. we, we dance and we sing in the car, we do carpool karaoke, and <laughs> we laugh so much and we cook together. And that is like, I just get to play and be playful and bring out all these sides of me that I don't often get to bring out. And like I said, she just gets me and I hope I, I get her too. And so it's not what I expected, but it's mm -hmm. everything that I didn't know I needed. Oh, that's so, that's so cool to hear. That is so fantastic. But how did you two meet, actually meet? So about six years ago, I, a mutual friend of ours um, had told me about Brittany. I was doing uh, a special, like what we called beauty night for a different women. She's a clinician that she works with who have differing abilities. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the night, she said to me, oh, I, you know, because I just started my business at that time. She said, you know what? I bet I have a friend, Brittany, and you're just going to love her. She's an entrepreneur too, because she had just started her nonprofit. Okay. Uh, but that was sort of it. She gave me her name, but didn't like give me contact information, just sort of said it in passing. But a few weeks later, I was actually going to be giving a workshop on wellness at a, at a local church. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do in terms of admission. Like, should I have ticket prices? And I decided, no, instead, I just want to invite people to come. And if they want to donate to a nonprofit, they can. And so I decided to find Brittany. I hunted her down on the <laughs> internet and I sent her an email and I asked her, like, would you want to come and speak for a little bit at the beginning to talk about what you do? And then if anyone wants to, in lieu of buying a ticket to the event that they can donate to you. And she said, yes. And uh, we teased that from the first time we hugged, which was that day when she mm -hmm. came to the workshop, we knew we were going to be friends. Um, and after that, actually, Brittany is what's called self-directed. Um, so she has what are called direct support professionals or lots of women her age, really, mm -hmm. who help her. Uh, she sets her goals of what she wants in life and personally and professionally, and they help her fulfill them. They go to work with her, or take her to the gym or whatever she needs and, and wants. Um, and so they actually at first brought me on because one of the other things I've done in my life is study holistic nutrition. And so we started mm -hmm. by teaching her how to eat healthy and, and make green smoothies and make black bean brownies. <laughs> and so after we met, that's what I did with her. Um, but after a year, my, my business was growing and I've, I had other things to focus on. So I said, Brittany, I'm going to leave working for you, <laughs> but I'm going to be your friend. I promise. Like I promise you, we're going to still be friends. 
but right after, like, right before I can get my foot out the door, <laughs> her parents <laughs> asked me if I wanted to join, and her and Brittany, her parents and Brittany asked me if I wanted to join the board of directors of her nonprofit. And as much as I had all this other stuff going on, I, I knew that there was something about this sort of calling to me. And mm-hmm. so that's how that started. Oh, that's a fantastic story. I, I really love it. And, you know, and I really hope for that for when Ainsley's older is that she has some meaningful friendships it doesn't have to necessarily be with you know neurotypical people but that I hope that in her life that she has meaningful relationships and friendships that fulfill her and you know there's a the kids all at school seem to know her that aren't even in her grade and there is one young girl who you know is just so sweet with Ainsley and you know always says hi and and you know I think it's like a more of a genuine friendship and they're not in the same class this year but hopefully next year they can be in the same class and you know and I'm fingers crossed I'm hoping that that friendship will continue like they're only grade three Mm -hmm. and I hear grade three grade four is sort of the turning point but you know we'll see because you know her language is coming more now she's you know not a fluent speaker by any means but you know it's it's coming it's slow but it's definitely coming and she's got really good receptive language like her understanding is quite good so yeah I just really hope that you know that she'll find those relationships she'll find those friendships mm-hmm. like in people like you or other people with Down syndrome or different abilities and and I just I love your story yours and Brittany's story that you guys have mm-hmm. this genuine you know friendship that like I said you don't hear about that very often and I and but I think we need to hear about it more that it is possible that it can happen yeah I think that's one of the things that I I didn't expect to hear again but I've heard from so many moms after reading the book that they hope for their own child that they'll have a friendship like that and I think I mean it's it's grown me I mean it's been such a a great thing for me I hope everyone gets to have a friendship like this down syndrome or not Mm -hmm. um but I think like I'm thinking when I went to school and like special education was secluded, like people in special ed were secluded in, when I was in elementary school, like inclusion was just starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And so you just didn't get an opportunity to meet people of different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. abilities. And, and now I'm hoping with social media and what's happening. Well, <laughs> now what's happening in schools is a little <laughs> COVID time. It's yeah. a little weird, but <laughs> outside of that, uh, just bringing people together and I'm hoping by this awareness being raised that's happening all throughout the Down syndrome community that parents of all children are going to start seeing the value of just letting kids make friends across like I said all sorts of differences and finding that there isn't that much that's actually different yes yes I agree and and I have seen that parents for the most part have been pretty pretty good well the kids are pretty good I I can't really comment Mm -hmm. so much on the parents like the first year or two was a little bit rough like a lot of parents didn't they didn't really talk to me I think they again just scared right they didn't really know what to say or what to do or anything like that and you know and it, it felt a little defeating in the beginning but I think now that people are getting they you know they've had a few years now to adjust with Ainsley being at the school and kind of getting to know her and you know uh the little girl I was mentioning earlier her mom tells me that you know that she talks about Ainsley all the time at home and you know and that that just makes me feel good that you know that Mm. there are parents out there they're doing they're 
teaching their kids the right way, you know, to just celebrate our kids. And, you know, it's okay to be friends with somebody who might be different than you. I, I hope that's a message that if I could do like one thing in my life that I, I get to spread that I, this is a sort of a different avenue, but I, I went to school college in, in New York city. And, um, I think that on like a nice area in the upper West side of Manhattan and, uh, no one ever told me like no professor during that time ever said like, just walk 10 blocks North into Harlem. And I don't, I don't know in Canada, are you familiar with Harlem? Oh yes. It's, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I figured it's famous enough. And so, cause the, the first time I did, the neighborhood completely changes and I just wish more people had told me that because I, I realized I wasn't connecting. I was connecting with like white wealthy women mm-hmm. and which is great, but I also hadn't experienced the rest of the world. And so I mean this not just across race or class, but like I said, with special needs or whatever it is that I hope teachers and humans and parents encourage their children to like branch out and discover more of the world and discover more of humanity. Cause I think it makes us better and we are so much stronger together. Yes, that's exactly it. You nailed it on the head. Exactly. Like just to get out there and experience all that the world has to offer. You know, the world's your Mm -hmm. oyster and there are so many things out there to to discover and to learn from. And and, you know, I went and lived like this is totally off topic. But, you know, you were saying like you just went 10 blocks. You know, when I finished university, I went and lived in Japan for a couple of years. And that mm. was an amazing time. Like, I'll never forget it. It's a long time ago now. But, you know, it, yeah, it just made me want to learn more about different people, different mm. cultures, and just travel, I think, is such an education. And you can just learn so much from just getting out there in the world. And like, in your case, it was only 10 blocks, right? You know, <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have to cross, you don't have to cross the ocean to to learn those things you but just to be open and and you know and have an open mind and I think an open heart to learn these things and just to take it all in Mm, I love that yes (laughs) so like I know that um you know you've got this amazing book your seventh book so do you are you guys going to be including it in the baskets I have been donating as many copies as I can mm-hmm. <laughs> to the baskets. Um, I mean, that is like a, a little bit of a financial burden for me of because course. I, I have, yes. you know, I'm, I'm buying them, but I am doing my best to include as many as I can. So I haven't been able to put one in every single basket, mm-hmm. but as many as I can, I've been trying to do that. Um, cause that was really the intention to just be able to give back with this mm-hmm. book. And, but that could be on the wish. Is it on the wish list? So if people wanted to, it, it they is could... on okay. the wish list. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's... Yeah, I figured, but that's fantastic. So, you know, and I just really want to thank you so much for, you know, sharing about your friendship with Brittany and, and Brittany's baskets of hope and your beautiful book. And also, sorry, I meant to ask you, what else do you guys put into the baskets? You said like some knitted things and some books and... What else do you guys yeah, put in? Yeah, every, every book, every book, every basket is a little <laughs> bit different, again, depending mm-hmm. on who's donated what. But mm-hmm. we have a few things that are like signature items. So we always have like a handmade blanket Aww. and uh, like a hat, baby hat. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our signature downright perfect onesie. So onesie that oh, says yes. downright perfect mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. We have resources for the parents. Brittany tells her own story in her own words. Her parents tell it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. 
we have a list of what we call companies that inspire. So entrepreneurs with Down syndrome um, oh, who have wow. given like a special discount code to the parents who receive the basket for their, you know, whatever it is that they're selling or, or doing. Um, we, we love books by Nancy Tillman. Her children's yes. books are so loving. We mm -hmm. tried to include those. Uh, but like I said, it's different depending on mm -hmm. who's donating what or, or each family. We, we send the basket uniquely or pack it uniquely for them. So it's, there's always something different and a little bit of a surprise in there. Oh, that is lovely. Well, I would love to get a list of those uh, entrepreneurs because we can put that on yeah. our site. And, and also, I'm sure, you know, I know people in our community, they like to support those other like the other people in our community and and people with down syndrome who are doing awesome things so yes i would definitely love to to check it out and and uh share it with our listeners because i and i'm sure oh, people absolutely. would love it yeah yeah well i've just so enjoyed your story and i think it's just so wonderful and and, and amazing and you know in your beautiful book up love letters to the down syndrome community and so where can people find this book? Because as of this recording, it was just released in September of 2020. And so how can they find it? I'm assuming on Amazon? Yeah, it's, it's on Amazon. So you mm -hmm. can look for it there. Um, it's also on my website, which is ashleyasty.com. But Amazon, you can get it there. If you've got Prime, you can get free shipping. So okay, <laughs> that's yes. always a nice way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And so if people are, you know, know somebody who's expecting a child with Down syndrome, or maybe they've recently had a child with Down syndrome, should they just go to Brittany's uh, uh, website or or the Brittany'sBasketsOfHope.org? Is that correct? Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. That's where they can find everything that they need to know about Brittany and then also request a basket. And, and like I said, the wish list and all of those things are on there. But yeah, we, we want to spread hope. Right now, I should say, though, we are only able to financially uh, send these baskets within the United States. Course, We're hoping yeah. at some point to expand, mm -hmm. but it's expensive to ship them. Um, but yeah, so for now it's just the United States, but hopefully one day we'll get to reach Canada and other mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. Well, it's starting to, the, like I said, um, Baskets of Love, which Danielle Gibbons, she's mm -hmm. local here. She's she's does for BC. and um, But, you know, maybe she'll get big like you guys and be able to expand across Canada. And I know the uh, Down Center Resource Foundation has graciously come to help her to ship, like you said, because it's so expensive mm -hmm. to ship outside of the lower mainland. So which is so oh. fantastic so that she's also able to reach, you know, more families because obviously, you know how important it is to get yeah. in touch with these families and to encourage them and to give them, you know, a little bit of hope. And sometimes it, what could be a dark time. Yeah. And I think it's nice when we actually hear about other organizations doing this in other countries, because then it's got more of that like local touch and flair mm -hmm. and, and like, you know, your community best kind of. Um, and so we love that more people are doing this and, and spreading hope because we all have the same message and that's what we want to get out there. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's exactly what Danielle says too about, you know, like she likes to do it lo like locally because she goes, I don't know what's going on in other parts of the province. So if someone there can deliver it, it helps their, her out a lot. But also that she's getting those baskets to these people who, like I said, really need them at such a sometimes a difficult time. But like I said, I would have loved a basket. <laughs> mm. But uh, now we're almost eight years in. So, you know, it's almost yeah. it goes by so fast. So, mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I, I'm just so grateful to 
have this conversation. I know it's coming from an unusual perspective because, mm-hmm. again, I don't have a family member, a child with Down syndrome. Um, so the fact that I get to share is something that I I don't take lightly and, and it's meaningful to me. Well, I think it's a really beautiful story and I think it's it's meant to be shared. So thank you so mm-hmm. much, Ashley, for coming on. I really appreciate your time and I encourage everyone to to get a copy of Ashley's book. I, I know you all will love it as much as I did. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. You're welcome. Wow, Mary. Well, there's a another example of a big heart love endeavor for all of the, you know, all of the community. Yes, I agree. I just, I really love this story and I love her book and I love what Brittany's Baskets is doing. It's really awesome. Okay. So just, you know, if, if people wanted to reach out to her, how would they do that? You can find her on Instagram at Ashley Asty and we'll post links for her book and for Brittany's Baskets on the okay. website and uh, on Facebook and wherever we post for our podcast. People normally they would go to the, they would go to the website at t21mom.com for this kind of stuff, because when you deal with like Apple podcasts, the links don't necessarily translate as well. Okay. So but I can, I'll, I'll put, I'll post it on all my social media. And so of course, Facebook fun. links and stuff, but yeah, of course. So why don't you take us out of this one? Alrighty. Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Tell me your stories. What is going on with you? What's important to you? You can email me at info at T21mom.com or find me on Facebook, also at T21 Mom or IG, which is Instagram and Twitter at Trisomy21Mama. And it would mean a lot if you subscribed and left us a review. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos, and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron. Bye.